The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Pickets. This is your 4th of July edition and we have nine game early five game main slate to attack. Hope everybody had a good Monday. Outside of Alex Meyer, the five other pitchers mentioned did pretty darn good last night. So it's pretty nice when the pitchers actually hit the way we want them to. Um, Tanaka and Nola were filthy. Wainwright for his price tag hit. He was on his way to a great outing until he blew up in the fifth. But Mejia at 6,600 and more at 55. Couldn't ask for too much more. We could always be greedy, but as a whole, not bad at all. Um, on tonight's and today's slate, hope, first off, hopefully you're having a good, fun holiday day planned ahead of you here with no work, hopefully, for some. But uh, pitching, you have to make decisions on what you want to do because there's some outstanding bats to get, but there's some interesting pitching options to build it around. So let's get into the nine-game early slate. Your quick, well, let's do what we always do. We'll do a quick look at your weather today. And we've been dodging bullets lately. It has not been too bad at all. Um, The Mets-Nationals game starts at 11.05 Eastern. It's not on either slate. That's the early game in the nation's capital. But as you go on, um, Angels-Twins... Uh, slight chances of rain, 30 to 40% as the game goes on. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, wind is blowing in at Chicago for now. Check the weather report in the morning to make sure that stays the same. Wind blowing out to right center and White Sox A's as we got James Shields on the mound right there. Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. Liking a pitcher in that matchup, but we got 50% chances of rain, but it dies off as the evening goes on. We'll see how they play that one out. Um, Padres Indians wind blowing in hard from right field. Just what our boy Corey Kluber needs is weather help. And we're going all in on Kluber folks, unless you want to stack some Rockies. That's the main question on the main slate, but let's, before we get to the main slate, let's check out your totals on the day. Uh, as yesterday, remember, we're just crazy. We are crazy for the most part again today. Uh, Jays, Yankees, nine and a half giants, tigers, 10 angels, twins, 10, uh, Marlins Cardinals nine and a half Rays Cubs are eight White Sox A's nine and a half Pirates Phillies eight and a half 
Orioles Brewers ten. So that's three games of ten that aren't in Coors Field. Royals Mariners nine and a half. Padres Indians eight and a half. Astros Braves nine and a half. Red Sox Rangers nine. Diamondbacks Dodgers Kershaw on the mound is at seven. I skipped this one because I wanted to save it for last. We have Homer Bailey and the Cincinnati Reds going to Coors Field against Kyle Freeland with a whopping total of, wait for it, 13. So, yeah, that looks like a pretty easy decision if you can make the pitching work. But before we get to the late slate, we got the nine-game early slate. We kick it off with the highest-priced pitcher on the board, Christopher Archer. He's 10700 bucks at the Chicago Cubs. I mentioned over and over again, Archer home roads is something to keep an eye on. It's almost even this year, but still 23.4 drafting points at home compared to 17.8 on the road. Nine starts at home, eight on the road. Uh, 366 ERA to a 421. The thing with Archer is he struck out a lot fewer on the road. It's only one fewer starts. It's eight fewer innings. It's 27 fewer strikeouts. Um, can be totally matchup dependent there. But uh, he did throw decent his last start out, which was on the road at Pittsburgh. Well, he threw decent, but he only got 12.1 points because he got beat up late in the game. Um, he's been giving up a ton of hard contact. Prior to this road start before that was at Detroit for 25.3. He's 10-7, which is lower than normal for Archer. He's 10th best on the barrel fifth the last 30 days. So as a whole on the season, lots of loud contact. But the last 30 days, not bad. Only getting barreled 3% of the time. Striking out 27.69% of the time. Um, he's got good stuff. He's going up against a Cubs team that hopefully people continue to think is phenomenal, which, hey, we know they can hit bombs left and right. They have the talent in that lineup. They just have not shown up. So Archer makes for a really good GPP play. Um, there's other quote-unquote safer options on the slate. So if you don't want to gamble, we can. I'll lead you that direction. But Archer makes for tremendous upside because, A, most people don't fade the Cubs. They do strike out almost 23% of the time versus righties. Uh, I mentioned Archer's K rate, almost 28% uh, the last 30 days on the season, almost 29%. Swing strike rate around 13%. Everything you love, it's just the hard contact as a whole on the season has been shaky. He is a 140 road dog against Lester and the Cubs. Um, but when you when you really break it down, the Cubs have one of the lower totals on the board at 4.23. Lefty's hitting 311, righty's only 293. They have an average Woba of 307 and an above-average ISO of 173 versus righties. Wind's blowing in in Wrigley. Not a ton, like 8 miles an hour is not much. Maybe that changes when Kevin Ross' report comes out. Archer just makes for an intriguing play. Um, he's frustrating. Like that Pittsburgh game, if you're watching it, he's like he's so close to just having that phenomenal start. He just slipped on the banana peel like four or five times. It was just it was frustrating. It easily could have been a 20-plus point performance. But that's baseball. And Archer is in line for a really good GPP play here. It could, could, it could go bust in a heartbeat, but there's a lot of boom, and especially at 10-7, you don't get Archer in the 10s very often these days, it seems like. So there's tremendous upside in that matchup. If you want to go for a quote-unquote safer play, it should be chalky as chalk can be. If you like chalk, here you go. Uh, Michael Fulmer of the Detroit Tigers at home against the San Francisco Giants. He's 9800 bucks, which is... Uh, his price tag keeps rising. He has not been up there in a while. Or let's say, yeah, since May. He hasn't been at 9,800 or more. He was there all year. But uh, he's coming off eight and two-thirds, seven hits, two earned, seven Ks against the Royals for 29-3. Prior to that, at San Diego, 26-2. Seven and eight Ks in his last two starts. Um, I know many will say he's not the biggest strikeout arm. Well, he's had a bad year striking out. That is true. 
Uh, he's facing a Giants team that strikes out 19.4% of the time. Not a big strikeout team. They've won six straight. And they've won it by hitting the baseball rather well. So there's something to be aware about if you want to be contrarian. There are some Giants options there. Um, Fulmer's K rate's only 19%, but his swinging strike rate's 10.1%. Ground ball rate's 50.3%, which is great. Hard contact of only 27 point, 27%. Homer and a fly ball is not a ton. And one thing I want to bring up, because everyone says he doesn't strike guys out. Well, the Giants are going to bring to you probably four to five lefties in their lineup. That's they they vary it out. Maybe they'll go really weird and go three, but usually it's four to five. You got Belt, you got Crawford, you got Panic, you got Span for sure, and then you mix and match. Maybe Ryder Jones gets a start. Um, you just got to see who they throw out there in those other positions. But at least four lefties are going to be in your lineup. Now they say. Fulmer doesn't have a big K rate. Well, his last two seasons at home against left-handed hitters, last year 20.3%, this year 21%. I love the sound of 20-plus percentage. If you want to go right-handed hitters, um, you have the likes of 2016, 20.5%. This year it's down to 116 So righties, he has had trouble striking out. He still pitches great against them, but he has trouble striking them out. If you just want to go as a whole in 2016, 20.4 at home this year, 16%. So there's a little concern. My fact is there's a lot of lefties in that lineup for the Giants. Like half their lineup is lefties. Plus they'll have a DH. So you got to see how they throw out there a DH. Maybe it's another lefty. You never know with the Gigantes. But um, Fulmer is quote-unquote your safer option. I know the Giants have been hitting of late, like I said. But 9800 bucks in that uh, pitcher-friendly ballpark. Total of 437 for the Giants. Lefties are only 272. Righties, 284. Giants have a very bad Woba of 293 and ISO of 129. Those have actually gone up, and they're still that bad. So, um, as a Giants fan, I'd love to see Fulmer get lit up. But if you look at his minus 210 favorite, which is just super high, especially on the day slates, there's a lot to like with Fulmer. He should be the chalk of the chalk. So, if you want to fade just for that reason alone... I like it. If you want to make a giant stack, I'm uh, I'm good with that too, just for the upside there. If you want to look at um, how, oh, let's get at this real quick. Why I have his Fangraphs page up for you. If you want to know how he does versus lefties and righties um, in his we'll look at career, not just the seasons in his career versus left-handed hitters at home. It's only 52 and a third innings because he's only been around for two years. But uh, lefties rating 250 with a Woba of 300. If you want to look at righties, you have uh, righties hitting 237, Woba 270. He's just been really good. He's like he might not strike out the world, but he's definitely got 20 plus point potential at 9800 bucks. Enough about Mike Fulmer. We go to Jimmy Nelson, a little more contrarian for you here. But Jimmy Nelson has just been filthy. 35.4 points at Cincinnati in that ballpark. Seven innings. Two earned, 11 Ks. He has 11, 8, and 10 Ks his last three. Um, just The guy's been f- just outstanding. If you look at um, his season as a whole, you got the well, you got Baltimore strikes out 23% of the time versus righties. Nelson striking out almost 26%. Swing strike rate 11.4. Ground ball rate around 50%. All things to really enjoy. Baltimore has a team total of 475. Lefties are still hitting 327. Righties 339. But Nelson, this is a different Nelson. If you want a little more deeper stats, stuff I was reading yesterday, when you look at Jimmy, um, where was he at here? I have it right here. Um, 
against right-handed batters this year. And if you know the Orioles, they're going to have seven or eight righties. Usually they have uh, Seth Smith leading off against right-handed pitching, and then you might have like a maybe Kim cracks the lineup or something like that. But as a whole, he is one of four pitchers with a 58% ground ball rate, sub 58% or a 58% or more ground ball rate, and a sub 27% hard contact rate versus right-handed batters. He's been outstanding against right-handed pitching and in a lineup full of righties. That is something to keep an eye on because he can make for a very, very nice tournament play as people in the high price range will flock to Fulmer or Archer. Nelson, who we know Baltimore has tons of power, we also know they can go to sleep real quickly. It's intriguing. It's a bad pitcher's ballpark, but Nelson's been pitching great there all year. So it's a really, really good GPP play. So the top three pitchers, I'm ranking them in order of Fulmer, Nelson, Archer, but Nelson and Archer, I have no problem with Archer. It's just I think Nelson has tremendous upside and you're saving 1500 bucks. That's the only difference between them for me. Now as we dip down, you have John Lester, 8800 at home against the Tampa Bay Rays. Lester has been an enigma this year, but he's been pretty good of late. 21-9, 18-8, 19-9, 34-2 his last four starts, getting you seven or more Ks in three or four. Facing... The Rays, who strike out a ton against lefties and righties. Uh, Art, uh, Lester, the last 30 days, 16th best on the barrel. Thip, getting barreled 2.76% of the time, striking out 25.52% of the batters he's facing. Makes for a very good play against a dominant team. We know the Rays can smoke lefties and righties, but they strike out a ton. And that makes Archer a very intriguing play there. Um Next up, Jamison Tyon, 8,500. One of the best soft contact rates in all of baseball. Um, in the last 30 days, average exit velocity is 79.3 miles per hour, lowest in baseball. And he's facing a Phillies team, which is just, you know, subpar in like their 29th worst in Woba versus righties, ISO versus righties, and 28th worst of WRC plus against righties. They're that bad at baseball. We got Tyon, who we rode in his last start. He's been really good since coming back from his testicular cancer DL stint. Against Tampa Bay, six and a third, seven hits, nowhere in four Ks for 20.3. He's got 20 or more points in three of four starts. Really, really good stuff. Going against Philly, who did hit up Ivanova, but that's Ivanova, and we kind of called that yesterday, guys. Philly, 4.10 total, one of the lower ones on the slate. Lefties, 309, righties, 308. Philly, like I said, bad Woba, ISO, WRC+, plus, you name it, they are bad at it. Uh, Tyon makes for a very, very intriguing play. Philly does strike out almost 24% of the time versus right-handed pitching. And Tyon's got that 53% ground ball rate, which hopefully will neutralize a pitcher-friendly or a hitter-friendly ballpark. So Tyon, 85 at Philly, definitely in play. A couple of pitchers now that... Um, I like for GPPs, one a little more than the other. We'll get to that. J.A. Happ, 76 at the New York Yankees. Happ has been really, really good of late. He got he didn't get hit, beat around by Baltimore. He just didn't strike anybody out his last time. Only two Ks for 8.3 points and six and a third. Only gave two runs. But prior to that, 20.6, 26-2, um, Really good stuff. And he's going up against the Yankees team. Strikes out 23% of the time versus righties. Hap striking out 236 uh, on the season. But the last 30 days, he's sixth best on the barrel. Fifth getting barreled 1.55% of the time. Definitely limiting that hard contact. And he got a, a t- almost 22% K rate in those last 30 days. Makes for an intriguing GPP play. It's the Yankees offense in New York. I get it. 
That is terrifying. 484 total. The lefty's hitting 296, righty's 292. Um, GPP play, definitely in play. Next up, coming back from the DL in that same matchup, you have CC Sabathia at 7,300 bucks. CC prior to going on the DL, very good stuff. You have 14.6 points at the Angels, but prior to that, 29 at home against Boston, 27.3 at those Toronto Blue Jays, 26.9 against Oakland, 22.3 against Tampa Bay, 22.8 at Kansas City. He had a run of five starts of just filth and a decent one at the Angels. And his price is $7,300. He's at home. It is a, a Toronto team with a ton of power, but a ton of power that's just been dormant. We keep saying it over and over. Baltimore shut him down. They got shut down over the weekend. Tanaka looked outstanding last night. So it, it definitely is a risk. There's no doubt about it. He's coming back from the DL. We don't know how he really feels. You got Toronto striking out 21.5% of the time versus lefties. You got Sabathia striking out 20% of faces. But he's got a 50% ground ball rate. Not a lot of hard contact. Home run to fly ball is not bad. Everything looks decent with CC. Um, we mentioned how he beat up on Toronto his last time out. They have a middle of the pack total of 466. Lefty's 291. Righty's only 312. Little above average Woba, little above average ISO. So we know there's power there. You got Batista, Donaldson, Smoke crushes righty. He's one of the best in baseball. I was reading a stat about that. He's uh, him and uh, Justin Turner, and we'll mention him later, are the only guys in baseball with a sub 11% K rate and a hard hit rate over 40% against lefties. So we know they can hit him well. There is a lot of thump in that Jays lineup, but it's just disappeared. Maybe today's they go off. Makes for an intriguing play with CC. At 73. So my mid-range, I got Tyon number one, Lester number two, CC number three, Hap number four. I don't really like any of the punts down below, but I'll give you one with some upside if you want them. JC Ramirez of the Angels at Minnesota. He's 5800 bucks. It's a lot of boomer bust with, with JC. He got four points his last time around, but then at Boston, 22-5. When it comes to on the road, a 3.63 ERA, 13.5 points compared to at home at 5.44 ERA at 9.3 points. So better on the road than at home. I mentioned Boston in his last road start. Got a little beat up at Detroit, but then at Miami, 21. At Tampa Bay, 20.8. Three of his four road starts have had 20 or more points. Facing a Minnesota team, um, Alex Meyer, if he doesn't walk the world, he, we know he's going to give up some runs, but it really wouldn't have been that bad a start. Um Minnesota strikes out 22% of the time versus righties. Scary thing with JC in the last 30 days. He's 11th worst on the barrel FIP. Uh, getting barreled 6.7% of the time. But he is striking out almost 21% in that time frame. So it's a definite gamble. It's a Minnesota team with some thump. Uh, they have a team total of 507, which is pretty steep. Lefties hitting 343. Righties 300. They have some good lefties in there, but just... Above average Woba, above average ISO, but not like crazy hot. So there's upside. It's just there's a lot of downside. But 5800 bucks, you just want, you know, give me double-digit points, hopefully 15 or more, but double digits. We're in the game. We can save some money and get some bats, and that's what we're looking to do. So let's talk bats. Heading to the catcher. Posey's 43 against Fulmer. Yeah, Gary Sanchez versus the lefty half at 43. JT Muto facing Lance Lynn at 42. Lance Lynn. Um, I'm going to bring this up now before I repeat it 20 times. He has uh, been filthy against righties, but a 4-5-4 total for the Marlins. Lefties have hit 349, righties 270. Um, he's been really bad over all of late. Let me give you his game log real quick. This is why we're not going to use him. But um, last couple games, he pitched 
okay in Arizona. That's fair. But then against home against Pittsburgh, five and two thirds, six hits, seven earned, minus one point three. At Baltimore, four and two thirds, nine hits, seven earned, zero point seven, minus zero point seven. And the why the reason I wanted to bring that up is um, Pittsburgh's a pretty righty heavy team for the most part. They can't put out four lefties or so. But Baltimore is extremely righty heavy, and they smoked them. So. He's struggling a little bit of late. Still, you know, it's Lynn and there's upside. He's not that bad of a pitcher. But uh, Rio Muto, it's right. He's really well. Just a high price tag. Uh, the guy I like up top, Alex Avila, first base catcher eligible. One of the guys that's the hardest contact versus righties. As a team, Detroit is the team that hits righties the hardest in baseball. And he's 4,000 against Matt Kane, who is dreadful, especially on the road. Avila at 4K, definitely in play. Steven Vogt at home against Ibaldo Jimenez at 4K. Uh, Votes price tag has skyrocketed as he's been on fire in Milwaukee. Good park to hit in. Ubaldo, he's sneaky. If the slider's working lately, he's been okay. But lefties hit him extremely well. If you're hoping for the bad Ubaldo, Vote makes for a decent play. Uh, Wilson Ramos, 3,700 versus John Lester. Uh, If you're fading Lester, Ramos could be in play. Matty Pena, 37 versus Jimenez. We like Vote better because the lefty. But Pena's been swinging well. Yeah, Zunino versus Danny Duffy at 36, making his first start back from the DL. With Zunino at 36. So you go down some more, you know, if you want to punt, James McCann's 3,400 versus Kane. I know it's a righty, but I don't care. Detroit should smoke Matt Kane. Uh, Andrew Knapp versus Tyon at 34. Jason Castro, 3,300 versus Ramirez, a left-handed bat from Minnesota if you're fading JC. Um... As you go down some more, you got the likes of Bruce Maxwell, 3,100 versus James Shields. I like that a lot for a lower price catcher. Maxwell's boomer bust, but against James Shields, that wind blowing out the right center. Maxwell's left-handed bat could be definitely be in play. Um, Francisco Cervelli's back from the deal. If he's starting or Elias Diaz for Pittsburgh against Leiter Jr., 3,100 both could be sneaky plays. Derek Norris for Tampa Bay is gone. He's not with them anymore. So DraftKings, you can remove him. Um, as you go down the list some more, Russell Martin versus a lefty Sabathia at 27 has some tremendous upside. We know he's been struggling, but Martin can has tons of power upside. So there's there's good power about at 2,700. Um, and down the list some more, Martin Maldonado, he went deep for us last night, which I love. He's 2,400 versus Gibson today. We like him more against lefties and righties, but the power upside's there. We know Gibson can be smoked at times, so... Definite upside with Maldonado at 24, Martin at 27, both power upside guys under 3K. First base, Justin Smoth at 4,900 versus Sabathia. I mentioned how he just smokes lefties. So um, he's in play at 49. Lomo at 47 versus Lester. It was originally supposed to be John Lackey, which is an outstanding. But um, Rizzo at 47 versus Archer is not bad. Abreu 44 versus Gossett has some upside. Miggy Cabrera at 43 versus Kane I absolutely love. I still think that's too cheap for Miggy. I know I was talking 3400 was too cheap. Well, that was. 4300 bucks. you're getting in the ballpark. That'd be good against a regular pitcher. But against Matt Cain, 4300 bucks is still too cheap. This is like over the weekend when I was so happy when they were facing Josh Tomlin. This might be even better. Justin Bohr versus Lance Lynn at 43 has tremendous upside. We mentioned lefties versus Lynn are smoking him. Eric Hosmer, 43 versus Felix Hernandez. Felix is not the Felix of old, folks. If he throws a great game, tip your cap, but he's not the Felix of old. Matt Carpenter versus Urena at 4,100. There's some definite upside there. Cardinals put up 14 last night. They were phenomenal for us. Uh, 14's asking a lot for back-to-back nights, but they do have a 4.96 total. Lefties 317, righties 329 versus Urena. 
who has been pitching surprisingly well off and on of late, but I'll go to that battle left and right. Keep an eye on Ryan Healy. He's 4,300. He's day-to-day. He skipped yesterday's game. He's got those back spasms I mentioned. So if he's in the lineup, he's in play versus Shields, but we'll go back. Carpenter, 41. Yonder Alonzo, 4,100 versus Shields is definitely in play. There's home run ability there. I mentioned Avila at 4K. Eric Thames, 4K versus Jimenez. Uh, he went ding-dong recently. He's got upside against the, him. Brandon Belt, 3,900 versus Fulmer. If you're making a little Giants action, Belt should be a part of it as he has been really playing good baseball. Averaging 12.3 points his last 10 games. I keep telling you, the guy is the double-digit machine these days. So Belt is in play if uh, you're not using Fulmer and you want to be contrarian at 3900 bucks. First base outfield eligible. Uh, Jesus Aguilar at 36 versus Jimenez. If you want a cheaper catcher with power upside, that's about all he has. He's not an average hitter, so watch out for that. Uh, Matt Davidson has been slumping like no one's business, but he had a good game last night. Well, one for four with a double and a ribby, which for him is a good game of late for nine points. He's 3,300. There's always upside with him, but he has struggled a ton. Victor Martinez back from the DL. I never play Victor, but he's only 3,200 versus Kane. If you want to punt with upside, there's a guy for you. Kendris Morales, 3,200. He's been slumping a bit, but there's tremendous upside there as well. Um, As you go down some more, like Louis Valbuena, there's a lot of power upside against Gibson. He's first base, third base eligible. He's 2700 bucks. He went deep last night with a solo shot. Uh, it's Boomer Bust. He's a buck 91 average, so he's not going to do a ton. But uh, there's definite power upside against Gibson at 27. Luke Voigt, he's a right-handed bat versus Urena. He's been playing first base for the Cardinals. If he's in the lineup again today, he's one of their prospects, not like super high. But he went two for five yesterday with a double and a homer. Um, he has some power in that lineup for a punt at 27 if you need to go there. And that's it at the first base position. We'll head over to second base. We are led off by Robbie Cano at 49 versus Duffy. He hits lefties extremely well, so don't be scared off there. You got Johnny VR at 46 versus Jimenez. Lowry at 44 versus Shields is very good. Um, DeJong still 4,200. That price tag for a guy back in the 7th or 8th is crazy, but he's been producing. That Kinsler at 41 versus Kane, I like a lot. Um, Whip Merrifield at 4K. It's a little steep for me. He's there. Joe Panic 39 is in play. He's been playing well of late. Not a lot of homer upsides, only downside there. Ian Happ, he's 3800 bucks. He's versus Chris Archer, so ownership will be low. Archer has given up a ton of hard contact. He does strike out guys a lot, but Happ coming off that double dong Sunday. Keep Happ in mind at 38 if you're fading Archer, but it's not always the wisest thing, but it produces on the road for sure. Yomer Sanchez, 3,800 versus Gossett, has good upside there. He's been swinging really well and showing some power of late. Got Zobrist at 37. Jonathan Scope at 36 versus Nelson. Some power upside there in that ballpark. Eric Sogar's down to 34, becoming more playable for me, leading off from Milwaukee. Second base shortstop at 34. Get behind that a lot more than those 4K prices. Um, and as you go down to the value plays, there's not much today. At least uh, you got Featherstone if he's starting for Tampa. He's 2,300. He's a right-handed bat. Um, he's been sneaking into the lineup from time to time. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he's got some upside. And Moroff for Pittsburgh, second-base shortstop. He's 23 versus Leiter Jr. If you need a punt, if he makes the lineup, he's there as well. Third base, Miggy Sano at 46 versus Ramirez. That's tremendous upside. Travis Shaw got hit in the hand. Says he'll play today at 4,400. If he does, he's a solid play. Mentioned Healy. Matt Chapman's back, and they got him priced up in a hurry. He went, 
That can't be. Oh, he went 0 for 4 last night in his return. He's 4,200 with James Shields. There's a lot of power upside there. That's a steep price tag. Jed Jericho's day-to-day had a good game for us last night. He's 4,100 versus Urena. If he's playing, he likes to crush right-handed pitching, so he's definitely in play. Mustaka's 41 is in play. Seager hits lefties well at 41 versus Duffy. Chris Bryant, 4K. Donaldson, 4K versus Sabathia is intriguing. Longoria hits lefties well. He hasn't lit up Lester. He's been average, a little below average versus Lester in his career, but he's 3,900 if you're going that direction. Castellanos, 38 versus Kane is definitely in play. Uh, Derek Dietrich, if he cracks the lineup, he's 3,700 versus Lynn. We mentioned our lefties have crushed Lynn. Dietrich makes for a very intriguing play if he makes the lineup at 37. Very contrarian because he'll be super low owned. Manny Machado versus Nelson at 37. Machado has struggled, but that's a good price tag given I think Nelson's in for a great game. It's It's got upside. Mentioned Matt Davidson. Uh, as you go down some more, you got like Jay Guan, Huang, and Fulmer, David Freese. These aren't Names that light your world on fire. I'd rather, I'd rather roll the dice with Louis Valbuena's homer upside at 27. They're there. Those guys are options, but they're not great options. Uh, and then, like I mentioned before, like Ty Kelly for Philly. He's third base outfield eligible. He's 2,200. I like Ty on today a lot. But if you want to punt, he's there. Going over to shortstop, you got D.D. Gregorius at 4,600 versus Hap. D.D. crushes lefties. Everyone passes by him. Right, Hap's been limiting hard contact, like I say. I think he's a really good pitcher. If he has a bad game, Didi could be in a great spot today. Gene Segura at 43 versus Duffy. I like a lot. Anderson Simmons at 42 continues to hit the baseball well. Had another good game last night for us. Barreto's all the way up to 4,200. That's got to be because people keep owning him. He's averaging six points his last 10 games. That was cool and all when he was 3K. 4,200, you got to do more than that, Barreto. It is James Shields, though. So if you're on the full James Shields fade train, it's an option because he should be low owned at 42. It's tough to pay that price. For 42. Um, you got Adam Rizal is 3,500 versus Shields. Um, uh, Eric Sober, like I mentioned, 34 is affordable. Orlando Garcia, I know he hits down in the order, but he's on fire since like middle of May on. He's hit, he's 3,400 versus Jimenez. Definite upside there if you want to go that route. If Taylor Motter cracks the lineup, he's second base shortstop at 34 versus a lefty Duffy. Uh, Jordy Mercer, I told you guys he hits righties really well. Well, our boy Nola threw great last night, but Mercer did go one for three with the double. Game before, the two-run homer off Samarja. There's upside there at 3,400. Uh, not all-in upside, but there's upside. If Jose Iglesias leads off for the Tigers, he's 3,200 versus Kane. Uh, Jorge Polanco, I tell you, there's always power upside there. He's 3,100 versus Ramirez, who gives up a ton of hard contact. Uh, he was one for four with a double last night and 12 points. Uh, there's upside with Polanco. Don't mind that at all. You got the likes of uh, Tulo at 31 versus Sabathia, who's playing better of late. And my boy, Freddie Galvis, he's 3,100 versus Tyon. A big game last night, two for four with a homer, two ribbies, 21 points. I told you, he's, he's playing well. He's averaging almost nine points his last 10 games. Uh, he's been batting second for the Phillies. He's a good punt option nightly these days. That's a good price punt option. Our boy JT Riddle is only 2700 as our ultimate punt. He had eight more points last night. I'll take eight points all day from that kind of stuff. Brandon Crawford's been struggling a ton, but he's only 2600 and You know the upside is there. If Fulmer has a rough outing, Crawford could have a great game at 2600 It's just crazy because even as the Giants have been rolling, Crawford's only averaging three points in his last ten games. He's been playing that bad. 
That's why his price tag's down. It's tough to play him. It really is. But we know the upside is there if he shows up. Let's head to the outfield and wrap up the early slate. We have Aaron Judge at 55ers Hap. Yeah, he's been, he hasn't homered in a little bit, so watch out. K with the Chris Davis at 47 versus Shields this is a great play today. Uh, Shields is just so bad at baseball. McCutcheon at 47 was not bad. Tommy Pham had a big, big game for us last night, 26 points. Averaging an 11.5 points his last 10 games. Against Urena at 4,600. It's very, very intriguing. You got Ryan Braun at 45. I know I mentioned lefties crush Jimenez, but Braun has great history against him. So he's in play at 45. Nelly Cruz is day-to-day. He didn't play last night. We know he hits lefties really well. He's 4,500. Max Kepler, I liked him batting cleanup. I liked his upside. He went deep. He had 31 points last night. Really good game. Four for four. Huge game for Kep last night. Loved him. Hope some of you guys played him. Uh, he's in a really good spot again today. If you're not using Ramirez as a punt, he's in a play at 4,300. Corey Dickerson, 43 versus Lester. He's hitting lefties well still this year, so don't completely run away. He's 43. Got Stanton at 43. Denard spans up to 4,200 bucks, and he's earned it. He's averaging 10 points his last 10 games, and he's played really well in that leadoff position, showing some power-speed combo. So he's not a bad play if you're fading Fulmer. Uh, J.D. Martinez at 42 is outstanding versus Matt Cain. That's a steal of a price for J.D. Martinez against Matt Cain. Steal. Eddie Rosario on his power upside 42 versus J.C. Ramirez. you got Steven Souza Jr. at 42 uh, is in play. Uh, Randall Gritchick at 41. Brett Gardner at 41. The Milkman at 41. Milky's been swinging a really hot bat. He's facing Gossett. He's not bad. He's play- he's pitching okay, but he's nothing special. Um, he's a youngster still trying to figure it out in the bigs. Milky's averaging 10.1 points his last 10 games. He had 15 last night. He's swinging a hot stick at 4,100. He's been leading off or batting second for the White Sox. Could be a really nice play with Milkman today. Got Jose Batista leading off against the lefty Sabathi at 4K. I mentioned Thames at 4K. Uh, both are decent plays there. Uh, Adam Frazier leading off at 4K versus Leiter Jr. Has tremendous upside. I mentioned Belt at 3,900. Marcelo Zuna, 3,900 versus Lance Lynn. Uh, talked about how Lynn is extremely good against right-handed bats, but he has struggled the last few games. And I did want to mention um, he's the third best in all of baseball. It's right-handed pitchers fastballs this year in ISO behind Goldschmidt and Alonzo. And nobody throws more fastballs than Lance Lynn. So if you believe in stuff like that, Ozuna could be a very sneaky play. He's been hitting righties and lefties well with a ton of power. But a lot of people will say don't. They put righties against Lynn. Marcel can make for a very interesting contrarian play there. Adam Ingles, 3,900 versus Gossett. If he's leading off again like he was last night, that's a great play at 3,900. He had 13 points last night, averaging over 7 points per game his last 10. Good upside with Ingle. I like that quite a bit. Um, as you go down some more, I mentioned Ian Happ at 38. Yeah, Christian Yellick, 38 versus Lynn. There's tremendous upside there. Mitch Hanniger, 37 versus Duffy. He's back in cleanup last night with Cruz out. I like him at 3,700. Uh, Andrew Romine, second base outfield eligible, left-handed stick. Depending on where he slots in the lineup, if you want to be contrarian, he's 36. He's in play. Uh, Trumbo at 36 always has that homer upside. Can never forget that. Um, Robbie Grossman at 35, really good upside against Ramirez. you got Malik Smith, 35 versus Lester. It's a really good play because if he gets on, we know guys can steal all over Lester. Making Malik's very interesting. Matt Joyce could be leading off against James Shields at 35 with some upside. Brugman for Oakland at 35 is okay. Um, Gregory Polanco, 3,500, continues to 
show some upside there. Steve Pierce versus the lefty Sabathia. Pierce hits lefties really, really well. He's only 3,400. If you're not using CC, that's not a bad play at all. Um, as you go on some more, Brandon Moss is slowly heating up. He's 3,300. We know the potential is there with Brandon, but he hasn't really shown it. I kind of still sit and watch. But if you want to be contrarian, he's there at 33. You got uh, Cole Calhoun at 32. Not bad at all. Mikey Motuk at 32 versus King. Can be sneaky GPP depending on where he slots in the lineup. John Jay's been leading off. He's been playing really, really well. If you're fading Chris Archer or making some kind of mini Cub stack or something, Jay at 31 could be in play for you, value-wise and upside-wise. Um, as you go down some more, you got Willie Garcia has been batting ninth a lot for Chicago. So if you want to go like a, a wraparound stack like I talk about, he's only 3K. Matt Olson at 3K versus James Shields might be as close to a must-play as I've seen on this slate. That is outstanding upside. We know Olsen, you know, is not the best average hitter. He's batting a buck 84, but all it takes is one swing on the bat versus James Shields, and he gets you 14 points, and we're happy as can be at 3K. Seth Smith, 3K, leading off against Nelson's not bad at all. Um, as you go down below 3K, it's a little different. Not a ton down here compared to no, we got Clint Frazier versus the lefty Happ at 26. That's got some tremendous upside. Odebrell Herrera continues to struggle, but he's only 26 versus Tyon if you want to go that direction. Other than that, there's not a ton that stands out. Yeah, none at all, really. If I see something else when lineups come out, I've been tweeting it out daily, and most of them have been pretty good for the most part. So there you have it on your early slate. Pitching up top, Fulmer, Archer, Nelson in that order. Um, you got uh, in the middle, Tyon, Lester, Sabathia, Hap in that order. And down below, you got J.C. Ramirez um, as your punt play if you want to really, really gamble on that one when you're looking at the bats you're looking at the likes of uh the tigers versus kane uh, it's just outstanding lefty's 377 righty's 355 563 team total that's just too good to be true milwaukee's got a 525 total lefty's in 388 off ubaldo keep an eye on that one the a's versus shields i love a lot they've been crushing the baseball especially in that ballpark 510 total, lefties hitting 375, righties 369 versus Shields, which is just filthy awesome. You gotta love everything about that. Um, as you go down some more, you know, you got like Cardinals versus Urena, Twins versus JC Ramirez, lefties hitting 343. Uh, not bad at all there. Angels versus Kyle Gibson, Angels 493 total, lefties 385, righties 349. That's why I mentioned like Valbuenos intriguing. You got Mabin, Calhoun, um, uh, Annals and Simmons at short. Depending on their lineup, they will be super low owned, and um, there's tremendous upside because Gibson is just a mess. Uh, it's just really, really shaky. The Mariners versus Duffy is risky. Just Duffy could be really good, but righties have hit 324 on him this year compared to 231 for lefties. And his pitch count, he's going to be on a pitch count, so beware of that one. Uh, Baltimore versus Nelson can be contrarian, but other than that, you know, like White Sox versus Gossett's not bad. But some intriguing plays there. Some very, very intriguing plays on your nine-game early slate. Let's get to the five-game late one. Okay, now as we get into the five-game late slate, it gets interesting. Because we have some higher-end pitchers that I'm all about. And then there's some bats you really want to pay for. So you got to make decisions. you got to put your line in the sand. And let's start with the pitchers. We kick it off with Clayton Kershaw. 12-9. At home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kershaw. 
He's been getting hit of late. Given his last three starts, or two starts, no one runs. And he's got 40.8 and 30.5 in those. But then prior to that, 22.1, 19. He had a 32.2 and a 40, but then 6. 36.5, 28, 19. There's, you know, there's a lot of really good ones. But half of those have been like, damn, I'm paying that price tag for Clayton Kershaw. It's been sketchy. The guy is amazing. I'm not (laughs) downplaying how good Kershaw is. But if you think about it, the last 30 days, he barely makes the top 25. He's 25th. He's getting barreled 5.43% of the time. That is by far the worst on the top 25 list, by far. Like, the highest next is 4.1 by Darvish, then 4.03 by Strasburg. 5.43, that stuff, there's lower ones on the bottom 25 barrel fit board. He is striking out over 33% of the batters he's faced in the last 30 days. He's a great pitcher, no doubting that. Arizona has the lowest team total on the board at 235, which is extremely low. Lefties 215, righties 231. Arizona has a very bad Woba versus lefties. The list goes on and on. Arizona strikes on almost 25% of time versus lefties. He's got the swinging strike rate. Everything's great. If you want to use Kershaw, go for it. We know Arizona's got some power, but Kershaw's filthy. He's just been shaky. And what I'm going to do today, and I'm hoping everyone goes to Kershaw. I hope they do because he's only 300 more than the guy I want. I am going to battle with Corey Kluber. And that's a guy to go to battle with very confidently, especially when he's at home against the San Diego Padres. Sure, the Padres, you know, we ride them once in a while, and they they get shit done for us, and they make us happy. But at 12-6, I think it's a great price for Kershaw, I mean for Kluber. He was 12-6 against Texas. He was 12-6 against Minnesota. And now you're going to give me 12-6 against Cleveland? I mean against San Diego? Sure. Last three starts, 41.6, 38.8, 49.5. I'd even take the 28.2. He had 22-1 and then a 35-7. We're talking 35 or more points in four or six starts, almost 30 or more in five of six. This guy has been so filthy. I know I drooled over him last time. I drool over him almost every time he's on, especially since he came back from the DL. But he's just filthy. Last 30 days, number one in barrel FIP. Getting barreled 1.47% of the time. Striking out almost 40% of the batters he's facing. His last 30 days. Like, if you compare those numbers to Kershaw's, it's scary. I know Kershaw's great. He could pitch a gym tonight and get 50 points. But San Diego strikes out almost 26% of the time. First variety is the swinging strike rate of 15.1. Ground ball, 48.1. If you look at just the lines, they're lined up next to each other. He has better numbers than Clayton Kershaw, which is crazy. San Diego has the, lo- the second lowest total at 2.99. Lefty's 286. Righty's 255. Uh, bad Woba, bad, uh, decent ISO. It's funny if you look at the Arizona's like strikeout percentage in this mat in their matchups, the, the ISOs and Wobas, they're almost identical. So Kershaw and Kluber both in phenomenal spots. I love Kluber a lot more. I will pay three hundred dollars less to have Clay, to have Corey Kluber. Um, if you want to be contrarian, you Darvish, he's at home against Boston, which is scary, scary, scary. Um, we know Boston doesn't light the world on fire. They put up seven last night. Two of them were in extras. Um, I don't even remember if they went deep yesterday. And that's the crazy part. They just don't hit home runs. That's the so, like, DFS-wise, incredibly frustrating. But it's going to be warm, low 90s, humid, hitting conditions in Texas, as always. So it's risky with Darvish, uh, and Boston doesn't strike out a ton, uh, less than 19%. So I just wanted to mention he's there as GPP, but... If I'm paying up, I'm paying for Kluber or Kershaw, or I'm going down below. And I'm ranking it Kluber number one for me and Kershaw number two. 
And I have zero problems with Kershaw, but Kluber's my guy, and it's not even really close to me. Um, but I will have some Kershaw. I'm not going to completely ignore him. I'm actually going to do everything in my power to build a Kluber-Kershaw together and see how it looks. I, every time I see a big slate or a slate with two guys I like up top in that price range, because no one's going to build that lineup, you just got to be willing to punt some stuff and hope the punts pay. So you got to build it and see if you like it. And I'm going to build one or two and see how I like them and maybe roll one out there in GPP. Because if both those guys get 30-plus, there's 60 points out the gate. That If you can just run into a couple home runs, you're getting close to cash range. A couple homers, some hits elsewhere. It's just your punts have to produce, and that's a risk. Now, as we go below ten, the, the five-digit range, Brad Peacock, 9,600 at the Atlanta Braves. Pitchers in SunTrust Park are less than ideal at Peacock. He's got that K upside. Uh, 22-5, 27-2, 24-9 his last three starts. Uh, one earned run in each of those three starts. He went five, five and two-thirds, four and two-thirds. His problem is walks, six, two and four. But he has seven, eight, and ten strikeouts in his last three also. So it's just risk-reward with Peacock, but he is facing a brace. He strikes out about 20% of the time. Peacock striking out over 35% of the batters he's facing. But he's walking almost 15%. Uh, so that's the scary part. Low home run to fly ball. He pitches in a, a good hitter's park in Houston. Uh, hard contact rate extremely low. There's a lot to like about Peacock. Braves have a total of 455, lefties 295, righties 257. It's just a matter of don't walk, guys. That's simple. Matt Adams is banged up. He might not even be playing. You know, there's no Freeman. There's things to like with Peacock at 9,600 if you're not paying up, if you're trying to save for bats. I go to battle with Peacock as my top option if you're going that direction. So it's something to keep in mind because we got Coors on this slate in a matchup that's just made from the gods, the baseball gods, if you're playing DFS. So that's why... It's hard to have those top-end pitchers and get those bats in the lineup. So you got to make, like I said, you got to draw your line in the sand. Are you fading Coors or are you playing it? And if you're playing it, Peacock could be your top guy or this guy. I haven't recommended him since his return. And this is a GPP gamble, but it's a gamble you make if you're playing Coors, in my opinion. And it's David Price. $8,900 at the Texas Rangers. Price was really good his last time out against Minnesota, 7Ks and 7As. He didn't walk anybody. He only walked one prior to that. His, his problem has been walks since his return. He got you 24.2 his last time out, 15-3, 8-1, and then 14-7. Uh, I'm not looking for him to light the world on fire, but there's upside. T- tons of upside. And a couple things I like a lot. First, that I don't like, he's 14th worst on the barrel fifth the last 30 days. But that was he's been better the last few starts. But he is getting barreled 6.4% of the time. He's striking out over 20% in those last 30 days. And he's facing a Texas team that strikes out over 27% of the time versus lefties. There is point one I really, really like. Because even if he gives up three or four runs, the strikeout upside is tremendous. If he doesn't walk, guys, that's it. Because he's got to be able to get deep in the game to get those Ks. Now, the hitting conditions are scary. But Texas has a middle-of-the-pack team total of 462. Lefties 314, righties 309. They have a way below average Woba of 291 versus lefties. There's a lot to like with Price. There's a lot to be scared about. It's a sneaky, intriguing GPP play at 8,900. I haven't recommended him at all this year. I've been wanting to see it. It's been super inconsistent. But the part I like about his last two starts is he's not walking, guys. And that's... That's huge for David Price, for any pitcher, but especially a guy like David Price. So $8,900, if you want to sneak in bats, you got to gamble, and that's a gamble I'm taking. Uh, so my middle two guys, it's Peacock 1, Price 2 for me. And then I got two down below. 
Trevor Cahill returns from the DL. These are all like GPP gambles. This is not a, the best cash game slate. Um, definitely more of a GPP slate here. But Trevor Cahill's returning from the DL. He's 7100 bucks through 61 pitches his last start. So maybe 80. I haven't seen an exact number. Maybe they let him go 85. Uh, the upside is he was filthy. Absolutely filthy when he left. Cleveland strikes out about 20% of the time. Cahill was striking out 29.5%. He had a swinging strike rate of 14%. Walk rate of around 10, which was scary, but he also had a ground ball rate of 60.2. Um, we rode him a lot, and he was very, very good to us. 7100 bucks for the K upside. Even if you're going to give us five innings, couple runs, five, six Ks, I know you want more for 7100 but on this slate, you're going to take it probably, especially if you're paying for bats, because you think about the trade-off you'll get for the bats you'll pay for. If it works, you're happy as can be. So... You're looking at that matchup. You got Cleveland with a team total five five one. It's one of the higher ones. It's the highest one outside of Coors on the evening slate. But lefties were two sixty, righties two eighty seven first Cahill. Now Indians bats are outstanding. Great ice over righties. They hit the ball super super good. There's no hiding that at all. But um, it's an intriguing GPP play with Cahill. And then my last one, if you really want to get your butt to pucker. Sean Newcomb has been outstanding. We worry about right-handed pitchers because lefties going deep in SunTrust. So we got a lefty. Problem is he's facing the Houston Astros. That's the scary part of it. He was outstanding against the Padres. We expected that. He had 15.1 points at home against the Giants, 8.1 against Miami at home, and he had 24.7 against the Mets at home. Now the Mets are a scary offense, so that's something to look into. But it is the Houston Astros. I want to keep saying it's the Houston Astros because they're terrifying. Um, with Newcomb, you're looking at a Astros team only strikes out barely over 17%, so that part sucks. He strikes out over 21%, swinging strike rate around 11. A really good ground ball rate of 48.5, which we like in that ballpark. And he limits the hard contact so far. I know it's a small sample, but he limits it. And Houston's got a 495 total, which, you know, it's high, but it's not as high as a lot of these on the slates. Lefty's hitting 417. Righty's only a buck 67 versus Newcomb. That's a hell of a reverse split for a lefty pitcher. Now, they do have some left-handed bats in that lineup, but they'll put uh, some of those are switch hitters, so they'll be batting from the right side. Something to keep an eye on. The Astros crush the baseball. 340 Woba, 184 ice, are both outstanding versus left-handed pitching. It's risky as hell, but at 6700 bucks on a five-game slate where you got to gamble to get bats in, Newcomb's on my, on my list. Uh, I don't know how much I'll use Cahill or Newcomb because I don't know if I'll play a ton of Coors, but I'll have at least one Coors lineup, and those guys might be my one-two punch to get all the bats, and I just pray that they can get me 10-plus points and that the bats go off because the matchup's that good when we get to it. So Newcomb, Cahill, I go Newcomb number one over Cahill just because I know Newcomb can go 100 pitches and Cahill can't, and that's a $400 difference. That's the only difference for me. Cleveland and Houston bats are both filthy, both risky as hell. But it's just the pitch count with Cahill worries me a bit when I'm digging in. So pitchers, a top Kluber, Kershaw, middle, Peacock, Price, down below, Newcomb, Cahill. Let's get to the bats and wrap it up. We got Gaddis at 42 versus Newcomb. He crushes lefties. So, But Newcomb's been phenomenal versus righties. Pick your poison. 4200 bucks. It's a good play. Um, you got uh, Devin Mezzarocco in Coors versus the lefty Freeland at 38 is very intriguing. Uh, if you're not playing Price, Chirinos at 37 is a great play against David Price. Uh, Austin Barnes versus Corbin. Our boy Barnes, he's 3,600 versus the lefty Corbin. Corbin gives up more hard contact to the righties than almost anybody in baseball. 
Uh, Barnes is a great play today at 3,600. Uh, Tom Murphy, if he's playing, he's 36 versus Bailey. Um, go down some more. You know, they like, like Sandy Leone at 34. It's okay. Chris Ionetta versus Kershaw at 33 if you're getting goofy. Tyler Flowers versus Peacock at 33 is not the worst play if you want to be contrarian and save some money. Tony Walters, if he starts versus Bailey. Colorado versus Homer Bailey. If you could ever have a chalky stack, this could be it. Because Bailey hasn't gone past three innings in either of his first two starts. Colorado should just should destroy him. This is probably where Bailey throws like seven shutout or seven with two runs or something just to piss us all off. But Walters at 32. So you go down to get a little cheaper. You know, Jan Gomes, 2,600. There's some upside with power there. Jeff Masses, 23 versus Kershaw. You just want to punt the position. Um, not a ton to like down below. So you're going to be probably paying up to at least the low threes, if not higher at catcher tonight. First base, Votto at 56 versus Freeland is a great play. Goldie at 53 versus Kershaw. That's a hell of a price because no one's going to play him. I wouldn't even play him, but there's it's Goldie, so you never know. Bellinger at 52. Mark Reynolds at 49 versus Bailey is very, very enticing. Um, you got Marvin Gonzalez as a switch hitter versus Newcomb at 46. Uh, Joey Gallo, no, I'd stay away tonight. Matt Adams, if he is in the lineup, he's only 37 versus Peacock, so there's a ton of power upside in that matchup if he's in the lineup. That's a really solid play to save some cash. Um, Mitch Moreland at 36, not bad. Yuli Gurriel versus the lefty at 35. Mike Napoli versus the lefty Price at 34. Nap, um, he's played better of late, almost seven points his last 10 games on average. He had a homer last night for 14. His last 14, his last four games, 14, 14, 16, 11. He's homered in three straight. Maybe he's heating up. You never know. He's worth a look against Price if you're fading them. Good hitting conditions. Um, as you go down, that's about as low as I'm going is nap. So there's not a lot of punts so far, as you've noticed. So pitching could be difficult. Second base, you know, Tubi at 47. He has lefties. He's everybody. It's lefties really well. Jose Ramirez versus Cahill at 46 is very, very nice because the best part is if Cahill doesn't go deep, you get a lot of Padres bullpen. So I still love Cleveland's bats today at 46. Uh, Chris Taylor versus Corbin at 45 is very intriguing. Scooter Jeanette at 44 went deep last night. Uh, you got Pedroia at 43, had a big game last night. Has decent history versus Darvish. Uh, LeMahieu at 41 versus Bailey is outstanding. It's a great price tag. Yeah, Kiki Hernandez versus the lefty Corbin at 39. Second base alpha eligible, really good price there. Uh, the cover boy, Ruggie Odor, went deep last night, by the way. Wink, wink. He's 38 versus Price. Um, uh, lefty, lefty scares me a bit, but you never know. Kipnis at 36, there's some value there for sure. Jose Peraza's right-handed bat versus Freeland at 33 in Coors. That's a hell of a price tag for a Coors guy. We know Praza struggled. They had five points last night, averaging 3.5 his last 10. That's a lot of upside in Coors. Uh, Brandon Phillips versus Peacock's only 32. Power is there. Jose Perella, our boys, only 2,900 versus Kluber. It's Kluber, though. It's like you're either, you're either going all in and fading him with a stack or you're probably not going to play many guys. And that'll do it at our second base position. Going to third base, Arenado at 5K versus Bailey. That's way too cheap. He's only $5,000. That is ridiculous. Yeah, you got to play Arenado if you can pay for him, even if it's like a one-off. Jose Ramirez, 46, mentioned him. Uh, if you're not playing Arenado, Jacob Turner's 45 versus the lefty Corbin. I already mentioned earlier, Smoke and Turner, uh, lowest K rate and hardest hard, hard contact rate against righties in baseball. Turner, definitely in play at 45. 
Um, you got Forsyth. He's second base, third base. He's not bad versus lefties. He's 43. Um, Eugenio Suarez is only 39 versus Freeland. The Rockies are in a phenomenal spot against Bailey, but the Reds are priced down if you want to be contrarian in Coors. It's just Bailey's. Colorado's that good. It's hard to be contrarian in that game. But if you still want Coors exposure and be contrarian, the Reds are cheap. As you go on from Suarez, you got Beltre at 35 versus Lefty Price. That's definitely intriguing. Um, Marrero's too expensive. He's been playing well. He's 3,500 versus Darvish. That's just getting too pricey for my likes right now. He was fun when he was a punt. Um, as you go down, Corey Spangenberg's third base outfield eligible. Left-handed bat versus Kluber at 25 if you want to get weird. And then Johan, Johan Camargo for the Braves. His left-handed bat's only 22. He's a switch hitter. He's 2,200. He's been playing third base for the Bravos against uh, Peacock. That's a decent punt with some upside at 2,200. Going to shortstop, you got Carlos Correa at 52. That's a great play. Uh, Seager at 45 versus Corbin is not bad at all. Elvis Andrews, 43. is hitting a great. Cozart, 43. Um, sneaky stat I saw. As great as he is against lefties, he really struggles against sinker ball pitchers. So watch out for Cozart at 43. It's not, not telling you don't play him, but just buyer beware. I think he's yeah, I think he's a great play. It's just beware. Trevor Story, 43 versus Bailey. You got Lindor at 42 versus Cahill. All good plays. Chris Owens versus Kershaw at 42 if you want to get weird. Just can't imagine paying that much to fade Kershaw. That's the crazy part. Um, as you go down some more, Dansby Swanson has been swinging a better bat of ladies, 2,700. Uh, Lynn for Boston's 26 if you need a punt. That's about all you got there at shortstop. There's not a lot of value on this slate, really, outside under 3K. Um, the best play on the slate might be Charlie Blackman at 5,400 if you can afford him. I even used him as one-offs in lineups last night right in stack coors. I had other things going, and I put him as one-offs, and he went deep against Homer Bailey. And then a lot of Reds bullpen. Charlie Blackman at 5,400 is tremendous. It's Captain Obvious, but it's tremendous. You got Bellinger at 52. Duvall at 52. Laid a goose egg for us last night. He's facing Freeland. And contrary... To Cozart, he's one of the best right-handed bats versus the lefty sinker in baseball. So Duvall at 5,200 is a really good play. Springer at 47, yes. Betts at 46 has been on fire. Um, he's facing Darvish, so he'll probably be low-owned. He still had 13 points last night without leaving the yard. 15.1 points on average his last 10. He could be a sneaky play tonight at 46. You got Billy Hamilton at 46 in Coors. I mentioned Chris Taylor at 45. Um... Jackie Bradley at 44 if you want to go there. Chisenhall at 43 versus Cahill is not a bad play at all. Josh Reddick, 43. We mentioned how lefties have actually hit Newcomb well. And he's got that porch and right if you want to be contrarian. Carlos Gonzalez is back. He's 42 versus Bailey. He is in play. We play cargo and Coors. We don't on the road. Shebler at 42 is not bad. Um, Brantley at 39 versus Cahill has got some nice upside. I mentioned Kiki Cur- uh, Hernandez at 39. Uh, Ramel Tapia at 39 is the best value you'll probably find in Coors for a Colorado bat. He's been on fire, averaging almost nine points his last 10 games. Had 29 points last night. Swinging a really, really good stick. He was a high prospect. It took a while to get going, but he seems to maybe have found it. Benintendi, 38 against Darvish. Carlos Gomez versus Price at 37. Saw some stat where he's it's like home road splits are just insane. And he went deep last night at 37. Uh, Nomar Mazar is 36, lefty-lefty. Endurance Yarte, 36 versus Peace Cock leading off not bad. Not bad at all. 
Uh, Matt Kemp's struggling a ton, but he's down to 3,300 versus Peacock um, with the walks and everything. There's a lot of upside there for 3,300 for Matt Kemp. Uh, you can't completely ignore that. Uh, do you go down some more? Bradley Zimmer, 31 versus Cahill. Always worth a look for value. Uh, Patrick Cavellion for Cincinnati. His right-handed bat cracked the lineup last night with Billy Hamilton out. If he cracks it again tonight, he is facing the lefty Freeland. You know, Cavellion's not having the biggest year in the world, but to get a right-handed bat versus a lefty in Coors Field for 3100 bucks, value. Carlos Beltran switch hit in 31 versus Newcomb. Nick Marquegas, 31 versus Peacock. Some upside, both of them, but Cavillian at 31 is a nice GPP play there. Uh, as you go down some more, you know, maybe Van Slyke if he plays, but he's still not really having a good year. Corey Spangenberg mentioned him at 25. Not a ton to like down here at all. That pretty much does it. So there's your bats, your pitching recap. Kluber, Kershaw up top, Peacock Price in the middle. Cahill or Newcomb Cahill down below. If you're stacking on the late slate, obviously Coors is in play. Rockies have a six seven nine total. Reds six two one. Uh, you love the Rockies, but the Reds have value, so keep that in mind. And they'll be way lower owned than the Rockies, at least they should be. Indians versus Cahill is intriguing, just because you don't know how deep he's going to go. And you get that Padres bullpen. You don't know how sharp he's going to be in his first big league start back from the DL. Um, you go down some more. You got like Houston versus Newcomb if you want to fade that. Most of the offense is on the early slate because he has some better pitching on this late slate, but not great pitching. Um, Dodgers versus Patrick Corbin. Righties are hitting 364. A lot of loud contact in that 465 total. Let's keep an eye on that one. Um, and some other ones to target there, but it's not nearly as attractive as that early slate. So there you have it. We went an hour. Uh, but it's a lot. Nine early, five late. Went deep on both of them. Make sure to check us out, thesportsdgens.com, at thesportsdgens. Uh, the DFS Golf Gods will have your Green Briar Classic preview coming out later today as normal. Um, check me out on Twitter, at BDNTrick. I tweet stuff all the time. I'll help you out. Hit me up if you have any questions. I'm here to help. But uh, more importantly, good luck tonight. Have a happy and safe 4th of July. Please don't drink and drive. Light off tons of fireworks, be pyros, have fun, don't burn the house down. But um, enjoy your holiday with friends, families, whatever you're doing. And more importantly, let's make some money on the 4th. You know, if you're taking the day off from work, let's make some money. Let's still do it. So good luck today. I'll be back tomorrow, as always. But more importantly, good luck on your Tuesday, 4th of July edition of MLB DFS Quick Hits. I will catch you guys later. I'm out.